0: Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your
1: toolbox. Football is football no matter where you play it. You got grass, you got cleats, and you got helmets with masks on them.
0: It's the WGN Radio Football, Radio football Podcast. Podcast. What up?
1: Field sets up deep in the pocket with time. Oh, what a guess.
0: From the downtown studios of WGN Radio. That's the kind of winning attitude that's going to take this enterprise straight to the top. The WGN Radio Football Podcast. The young man, 11th overall pick out of the
1: world-famous Ohio State University. That's the first. The first of, hopefully, many more wins to come. Here's your host,
0: Kevin Powell.
1: With all due respect, sir, I believe this is going to be our finest hour.
0: A win is a win. Justin Fields, 11-17, 209 yards. One interception he was sacked once as well. But I thought overall, Justin Fields looked pretty good. Defense, a little shaky at times, but they're getting to the quarterback. Four sacks on Jared Goff. That was good to see. So a Bears victory. I am Kevin Powell. This is Episode 9 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Mark Harmon will join me. He's the host of uh, and OB, pregame and postgame on WGN Radio. So he joined me. Uh, After the game, to recap this, uh, a lot of talk about who's calling plays. And Matt Nagy was asked about it leading up to the game. Kind of just talked in circles. Really didn't give a firm answer of who would be calling the plays. And even after the game, he wouldn't really get into it. I'd play some audio from him, but it's uh, it's long-worded and uh, he doesn't say a whole lot. But he did eventually say, I thought Bill did a great job calling the plays. So there you have it. This is what Justin Fields had to say about Bill Lazor's play calling.
1: You know, Bill, he's, he's up in the box, so his voice is always calm. That's the one thing I like. You know, Coach, it's harder for him to be calm when he has to focus on the defense, focus on special teams. So, um, you know, um, his voice is calm. He's, he's up, there, up there in the box seeing field well, and uh, he, he he did a great job calling plays today.
0: And look, we did see a lot of things that, that we've all been hollering for, especially with Justin Fields, and, and we didn't see it against Cleveland where the pass protection was horrendous. They didn't get Justin Fields out of the pocket. We saw play action. We saw them getting the ball down the field. We, th- we saw a beauty of a ball from Justin Fields to connect with Darnell Mooney, which I cannot remember the last time a Bears quarterback found a receiver or a target in stride that far down the field. It was beautiful to see. So I thought overall fields was good. I think the Bears uh, have a real tough stretch coming up. The next six games, uh, beginning with the Raiders uh, on Sunday, it's going to be a real tough test. And to me, at this point, I don't know how you go back to Andy Dalton as the starter. I'm not exactly sure why you would go back to Andy Dalton as the starter, even if fully healthy. But after the game, you know, Matt Nagy said he wouldn't get into it. I'm sure it'll be a whole thing at Hallis Hall this week as well. Justin Fields' development. I think the best way to go about that would be a week-to-week preparation with the number 1 offense in practice for a full week as the team gets ready. I just I don't see the benefit of going back to Andy Dalton. I really don't. It's clear Justin Fields has the skill set to be a good NFL quarterback. And, and playing this game and going back and forth, who's going to start? Is Dalton number 1? Is Fields QB 1? It's like, just make Justin Fields the starter. And, and Matt Nagy is being very loyal and uh, respectful to Andy Dalton. Uh, In this whole process, but I think we saw enough from Justin Fields that says, yeah, he should be the Bears starting quarterback moving forward. It happens in the NFL. Guys go down with injuries, the next guy steps up, and then you stick with him. That's the NFL. Andy Dalton is not the future. The development of Justin Fields is crucial. And I think if, if, you, if you tell him he's the starter and week by week he gets to prepare with the ones and get ready and, and work on a whole game plan instead of wondering, am I starting, am I not, am I getting some reps? I think if Andy Dalton's fully healthy, I wouldn't be that surprised if Matt Nagy does go back to him as the starter and then work Justin Fields in throughout the game. I'm not exactly sure how that benefits Justin Fields as much as it would if, if Fields is the number 1 quarterback uh, week by week and he gets a full week to prepare but who knows? Matt Nagy doesn't uh, doesn't want to really get into that a whole lot. When he is asked about it, he just talks and talks and talks and doesn't say a whole lot. So, uh, again, Bears, a 24-14 victory over the now winless Detroit Lions, 2-2. Uh, two and, two. and, again, I think these next six weeks for the Bears, uh, very tough. They're going to be on the road against the Raiders. Then you have the Packers, the Buccaneers, the 49ers, the Steelers, and the Ravens. That's not an easy six-week stretch they go three and three. Do they go 0 and six? Who knows? Um, but, uh, and fingers crossed, by the way, for David Montgomery. Um, Didn't look good. You always worry when a guy goes down with a knee injury like that, and he's on the ground, and the trainers are out there taking a look at him. Ian Rappaport uh, did actually tweet out after the game, Bears running back David Montgomery, who left with a knee injury, will have an MRI on Monday. The the initial belief based on early tests is that the hyper-extended knee did not lead to a major injury, but the additional tests will tell the full story. So, fingers crossed. David Montgomery is just so much fun to watch, and he's one of those players that... Is has quickly become a fan favorite because of the way he plays. He fights for every single inch, and he's been their best offensive player this year. Uh, I think that's been pretty clear. So fingers crossed on David Montgomery uh, with that knee injury as well. But I, I thought the defense did a good enough job getting to Jared Goff and creating some, uh, some problems for them in the passing game. They did hold Detroit to under 100 yards rushing, but Jamal Williams averaged 4.7 yards a carry, but... Overall, a solid game for the Bears. Started to get a little shaky towards the end there. I'm like, are they going to give this one away to Detroit? um, Justin Fields did cough up the ball, but was able to recover deep in the Bears' territory. That that could have set up a a very interesting end of the game, but the Bears got it done, a 24-14 victory over the Detroit Lions. All right, here's my conversation with Mark Carmen following the game. Now, joining me after the Bears' victory over the Lions is WGN's Mark Carmen, who just wrapped up his post game show with Dan Hampton and Obradovich on WGN Radio. What are your takeaways from this one? Some encouraging stuff from Justin Fields, also some, I guess, worris- worrisome stuff from the defense, and overall, they were a little reckless towards the end uh, with the ball. But what do you think your overall takeaway from the game?
1: I mean the double move, Darnell Mooney, sixty-four yard bomb, and the trajectory of the field's pass. That was a borderline, you know, late at night turned on moment right there, KP. That, that was like, like, oh my god! I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I tweeted out the time. When's the last time you can remember a pass like that? And I mean, for me, it's like, like I'm going back like '85, McMahon off the bench type of stuff against the Vikings. I don't know. It was just. It's I'm a little over the top here, but that was just like, oh, thank you. After one yard last week to see Fields do that, it's like, okay, we're, things are back to normal here or headed in the right direction, however you want to put it. It was really cool to see.
0: Yeah, and even that first connection with Darnell Mooney on the first drive for, what was it, 21 yards? I feel like that kind of got a like relax them a little bit, right? Like, get the ball down the field. And then to your point, like, the deep ball, 64-yard gain to Darnell Mooney, like, I can't remember the last time a Bears quarterback hit a receiver in stride that far down the field. I mean, we never saw it once in the Trubisky era. It's felt like forever. So to your point, like... I don't think you're over-exaggerating here. I think a lot of Bears fans feel the same way, like, oh, my God, a deep ball from a quarterback who plays for the Chicago Bears.
1: And you nailed the the exclamation point, which was in stride. Like, Whenever Trubisky hit a ball like that, and it was never, I guess, 64 yards, but it was always like that dude's wide open, and Trubisky got it to him. Okay, well, great job, Mitch. And, by the way, he got in the end zone today rushing the football, and he had a completion. Go, Mitch. Uh, 40-0 40 nothing win for the Buffalo Bills. Should have had them to cover. They were 17.5-point favorites over the Texans. I digress. But that was in stride on a great double move. Bill Lazor, play calling, all of it coming together. I don't care that it was against the Lions.
0: That was sweet. And Well, you mentioned Bill Lazor. What, what did you think of Lazor's You know, this whole th- it's such a strange, like, after the game, Nagy was just asked, like, did Bill Lazor call plays? And he gave this long-winded, talking-in-circles response like he did all week at Hallis Hall, and then he finally came out and was like, I thought Bill did a great job. It's like, why don't you just tell us it's Bill Lazor calling the plays? I understand, like, it all goes through him, maybe – For whatever reason, he just doesn't want to fully admit that he can't do it and hand it off, so he talks in circles to try to, I don't know, spin it a certain way. But Bill Lazor did call the plays today. I thought it was interesting to hear Justin Fields after say he actually likes uh, Bill Lazor's calming voice in his headset. I thought that was pretty interesting because Lazor does talk as like a mild-mannered dude. So when Vic Fangio
1: was here, every time he talked during the week, it was calming from a – Media trying to understand football perspective, like, oh, this guy is direct, he's not putting anything on, he's not talking in circles, and it's pretty much the same thing when I listen to Lazor. He's not trying to impress you, he's not trying to surprise you, talk around you, get through the presser. He's being as honest as he can, and you don't feel like you're being lied to. Like not or whatever you want to call what Nagy's doing. So, and if you go back to last year, it was after I want to say the Tennessee game in the middle of November eighth to the fifteenth. That's when Nagy gave up the play calling, and every week the numbers went up, and they had their they had the three games they won at the end of the year. They're they're scoring thirty plus, plus and then somehow some way, I'm not saying that Bill Lazor is offensive guru genius, but he's clearly better at this than Matt Nagy, and the Nagy gives himself the job back in the off season, and now. He's taking away, taking it back away from some, which I give him credit for. But I, KP, I guess he's got this, you know, identity thing going on that he's genius play caller. And like my favorite moment today for Matt Nagy was when he was in a crouch, kind of on the sidelines, just maniacally cheering for his guys. That's you, dude. Just be the cheerleading head coach who gets along with everybody and is willing to have conversations. That's fine. You can, you know, you've never had a losing season, and if you just dialed into what he's actually good at, which I honestly think is, like, the cheerleading side, then maybe he can
0: survive in the league. Yeah, I think, you know, I've talked to people before about this, and, like, some think Matt Nagy is a good head coach, awful play caller. He actually can do a decent job of running a team. And it's interesting, you know, just looking at the body language of Nagy he wasn't buried into a play card right right you actually saw his face he wasn't staring down the entire game i don't know if this is some great answer and the bears are headed to it in a much better direction because of it but it was clear like they had a better better handle it looked like a professional Offense today from the Chicago Bears. I mean, right from the start, I heard you talking about it with Hampen and Ob on the post game show. You had multiple tight ends out there. Like we didn't see that once in Cleveland, right? Throw a tight end. That's just basic football. You need some help blocking. Get your tight ends tight ends involved, and they did that right from the get go. Uh, play action. We saw Fields get out of the out of the pocket. Everything we've all been screaming at our TVs uh, over the past few weeks. They finally did that. I, I thought overall it was a. Um, a solid day for for Justin Fields and the offense. There's there's reason to be excited about Justin Fields. His skill set was apparent today, the the deep ball which was absolutely perfect. Um, it just feels better with him out there. Now we still don't know for sure if he's starting next week, and I'm curious what you think. Like, isn't it crazy to think that he hasn't taken over the number one spot? Or do you think it does go back to Dalton?
1: So I didn't hear the post game pressers doing the show. Was he asked that? Uh,
0: yeah they. Matt Nagy was asked it and did, kind of did that. We're not going to get into that. It's a week it's you know, he didn't come out and say Justin proved to us that he can be um he is the number one or anything like that. So it's going to be a whole another week at Hell's Hall of this Carm. So get ready for that.
1: Okay. So So what do you think? I mean, after
0: he, that, can you go back to Andy Dalton? What would be the point of going back to Andy right. Dalton at this point?
1: Right. I mean, I asked Hamp that as the game's ending like, do you think he's the quarterback next week? He's like he, he's like you you'd you'd, file, you'd have to file criminal charges if he's not. Like come on. This is your guy. He showed he can play. There's no reason to go back to Andy Dalton, but I don't know. I mean, he was... Ham's take was that this was a way for him to protect himself by saying that that Dalton was still the number one in, in, in the case that Fields doesn't play well. So maybe that's the case. And, and he also has an out, too, saying, like, Andy's not quite there yet. And then him and Andy can have a conversation behind the scenes, like, hey, you know, I want to see what this guy can do, and I don't want to put you out there, even if you're at 90%, whatever he would say to him. So I, I don't see how you take it away from him at this point. Like, Isn't
0: it kind of strange, though? Like We get a tweet from Bears PR like late Saturday night being like, hey, we've actually downgraded Dalton to Dow-. Like The middle of a Saturday night, I'm, I don't remember ever seeing – Right. It's just the whole thing is strange, right? Like, right. What, like, you're just right. going to like randomly downgrade Dalton Saturday night hours before the game?
1: Well, th- that almost felt like someone got to Nagy, like, hey, look, this is our rookie quarterback. This season, more than anything else, is about developing him, and I really don't want him going to sleep Saturday night wondering if he's going to be starting tomorrow. Don't do that to him. That's not fair to a veteran quarterback, barely, let alone a guy in his first season. So let's let him know that he's going to be starting and we'll even let the media know that so there will be no questions tomorrow coming in and I, I mean it was just bizarre game time decision on Friday and I yeah. thought that Mark Potash asked some great questions why our Bears fans are wondering why you are if Dalton's not one hundred percent. Why are you so dying to start the guy? And I'm sitting, there, exactly. What is he? Dan Marino is a prime. We got to start Andy Dalton. <laughs> Just start Fields. Or if you, or in my mind, if Fields isn't ready, then play Nick Foles. Don't put the rookie out there in harm's way. If you guys don't know how to coach him up, and he's not ready to do it. But thankfully, he showed today that he's at least on the track to being ready to do it. He played a he played a solid game. Yeah, better I th- than solid. Uh,
0: yeah, I thought he was eleven to 17 seventeen, two hundred nine yards. Um... Over 12 yards per completion. The one interception, that ball was tipped. He did take one sack. But overall, I thought it was good. Uh, they're going to have to play a whole lot better if they're going to beat the Raiders. Um, they are 2-2, two and two, but that Lions team is very bad. Um, what did else did I want to get with you? Um, any other thoughts, I guess, final thoughts from Carm on this one? Fi-
1: final thoughts.
0: David Montgomery. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to get yeah, to. Yeah. He's been their best player all year. And no. this he fights hard I know Bears fans love him because he runs so hard he fights for every single inch that was tough to watch
1: yeah and just credit to the guy off season somehow some way with whatever his plan was he made himself faster and just trying to raise the bar to be as good of a player as he could possibly be you know reading the tweets after the game he's thanking God so maybe it's I don't know I are you thanking God if you tore your ACL maybe but perhaps some people are speculating that he's saying that because it's not as bad and I thought that OB actually made a great point like why is this guy walking off the field after a knee injury put the guy on a cart and, and get him in the locker room or and, and you know risk reward if there is something wrong you don't want him walking off just put him on a cart get him out of there but maybe if we're being optimistic that perhaps they on the examination they were like they figured out it's not an ACL tear you can actually walk out of here and we'll, you'll be okay I don't know that that was just bizarre to me but You know, Damian Williams got hurt too, right? He had uh, I I I read that it was either a groin or a calf or something. So, you know, you need running backs with this offense right now, and especially you need David Montgomery.
0: So that's uh. Yeah, Darnell Mooney was asked about Montgomery. He's just like how he was doing after the game, and Mooney said he's like, oh, he's like it felt like normal, but he's like, but then he was like. But you never know with MRI and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Maybe he did avoid serious and fingers crossed. We'll see. Also, uh, one of their Robert Quinn continues to make yeah. plays. He blew up a big play near the goal line, had a uh, sack. And after the game, I don't know if you heard his post postgame presser, Karm, but he started to get kind of, uh, I don't know if deep's the right way to put it, but he started talking about how last year was really hard on him. Last year sucked, Karm. We all know last year was awful for everybody and everybody dealt with it certain ways. But he started to kind of like – Get into it, like you know. Last year was was tough year for me, and he was asked, uh, you know, pressed a little bit, like to open up about, it. like, what exactly were you dealing? And he didn't really want to get into it, but it was interesting. Like you can tell, this is a different sort of man right now that the Bears have as an edge rusher compared to last season.
1: Well, he's playing last year with one foot, mm-hmm. so that is not good for. Any player, let alone a defensive lineman who's trying to get by a 300 pound dude who's, you know, and you have three seconds to do it. So give him credit. Dude got healthy. And I think it is fair to give Sean Desai some credit on how they're scheming because. Somehow, someway, a lot of these guys are getting to the quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Key Mix wasn't on the field at all today. Travis Gibson's all over. The, I mean, you're just seeing different guys pop up. So They're uh, deep up front.
0: That front seven of the Bears' defense is the, probably the, the unit area of the team that concerns me the least.
1: Yeah, so... The Robert Quinn thing, and then he takes off his helmet and he's got the receding hairline. He looks like he's 48 years old, which I appreciate. (laughs) It's like, hey, man, you're still doing it. And uh, by the way, like most guys, when they go receding, they, they, they go bald. He's not doing it. He's just owning the fact that doesn't have as much as he used to have up top and he's still getting to the quarterback you go Robert Quinn it's it's good to see Khalil Mack you know fighting through whatever he's fighting through you know not practicing limited gets out there just to you know for whatever he was able to do this week and then shows up on Sunday and is at least able to contribute it's not the guy that we had back in the day here uh certainly not back in the Raider days that'll be interesting by the way going back to play his former team this Mm week so uh you know for a second there it looked like the defense was dead and they have proven at least to this point that they're they're not that there's there's still some, some juice left
0: uh, last I'll let you go here in just a sec but the the tight ends I thought were big in the in the in the run game blocking and those sorts of things but Jimmy Graham is still, for the most part, MIA in the passing game. Cole Komet had one catch for six yards and three targets. These two were hyped, right? I mean, we, Cole Komet's been hyped now since they drafted him. Still not a ton of production from those tight end spots.
1: I brought it up on the post, and OB yelled at me, oh, they, 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 they're, they're being held in the block. How can they catch the ball? So, so maybe that's— <laughs> Yeah,
0: maybe I'm nitpicking. I just—I don't know. Maybe because the expectations, I, I think, are so high for Cole Komet, and Jimmy Graham's getting paid a bunch of money to basically do nothing. So
1: The, the Jimmy Graham thing is uh, a fireable offense. The bummer. I mean, it's you, complete mismanagement by Ryan Pace. Right, you let Kyle Fuller go, amongst other decisions that you could have made to, in essence, keep Jimmy Graham. Basically, no, no the same. Charles system. Leno, you got to go or, to
0: Jason Peters, right? Or Charles Leno. Like, would you feel a lot better about this team if you had a Kyle Fuller and or a Charles Leno? Not that Charles Leno was like a Pro Bowl tackle, but he was least reliable and was there and was solid.
1: Yeah, and Kyle Fuller was one of the best players Locked on down. your defense. Unreal.
0: Right? So I, I just that understanding
1: of who you have, and maybe he's got some weird Jimmy Graham uh, obsession dating back to his days with the Saints, but maybe. it's just not, uh, it, it does not look good on that decision front.
0: So what's it like, you host the post-game show with Hampton O.B., and we know how fired up they can be after losses. What's it what's it like in there after a victory from Hampton O.B.?
1: They, honestly, it's... it's uh, I mean, he still wants to scream about Nagy. That's yeah. all they did
0: Well, I heard Hamp with his new chant. What was it? A uh, new chant. Uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, Matt Nagy's play calling's got to go.
1: Yeah, that was the hey, <laughs> hey, ho, ho out of nowhere. Oh, I, 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 You know, I, I, I was sitting there, you know, watching the game, and then I'm like, you know, here's Bill Lazor. So I, I, I went back and did the research on, you know, when was it that he took over and what did they do? And, you know, it's always like some people have, like, photographic memory with all the Bears games and when everything happened. I I got to go back and check. Yeah. And so, so then you go and see it like, oh, my God. They exploded a little bit too tall, but the offense looked so much better last year after he got in there, and... So I just tee that up to start the show and then all of a sudden Hamps singing hey hey ho ho Matt
0: <laughs> play calling's <laughs> gotta go.
1: <laughs> so, so. All
0: right. A win is a win. Bears are two and two. We're gonna learn a lot about this team over the next four or five games, Carm. You've got Raiders, Packers, Bucks, 49ers, Steelers, Ravens before a Detroit game. This is things can really go south, or who knows? Maybe Justin Fields in the offense keeps improving. Prediction, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton will start a quarterback against the Raiders on Sunday. I'm gonna
1: say that they start Dalton and Fields will play a bunch. I think they'll they'll use him like... Bears fans are going to
0: lose it if it's not just on field starting. But. Yeah.
1: Um, that's a terrible thing to say, and I hope I'm wrong, but sometimes Nagy, at least at times, can't get out of his own way. Mm-hmm. And this Dalton obsession, I mean, every time they went to the sidelines today, it was Dalton, Fields, and Nagy. We saw that a lot on TV. I don't know how much you were watching this mm-hmm. the screen being out there, but Like, they're just right there in the middle, and when you listen to Dalton talk, it's like he's speaking the same language as Nagy, and I don't know, I just, I feel like there's some level of loyalty there that's... Not going to go away this week. So I, my prediction is we'll see them both against the Las Vegas Raiders.
0: Yeah. I think Justin Fields benefits more with a full week of prep and acting like the starting quarterback and all those sorts of things. 100%. right? Instead of this middle plague playing around with the depth charts. like just I think, he, I think if you're trying to develop him, giving him an opportunity week to week to prepare with the ones, get a full week of preparation before a game, I think that would benefit Justin Fields more than playing this game uh, with Dalton and Fields on the depth chart. Any other final thoughts from the car before I let you go?
1: I got nothing. KP, always good to be with you, brother. Thanks, Carm. (laughs) All
0: right, thanks to Carm for jumping on after the Bears' victory over the Lions. And uh, you can hear him on WGN with Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich before and after every Bears game. And speaking of HAMP and OB, we like to wrap up every post game podcast uh, with a little highlight package of the. It's sort of like a best of HAMP and OB. And here's what we got. 24-14, 2-2,
1: 24-14, 2-2, two two, season's alive. hey, hey, Maggie cannot call the play. Ho, oh, oh, ho, hey, hey, don't let Maggie call the plays. That's what it means right there. That's the new fight song of the Chicago Bears.
0: One thing I like today, Lazor came up with, we actually threw a pass that went 64 yards. My, my, isn't that amazing? If you try to attempt to go downfield, what could happen? Congratulations to the Bears. For a victory, even though it's against the, what now, 0-4 Detroit Lions,
1: it's a win. And the big point is I like what we saw. They went
0: downfield. They attacked downfield. They ran the football like you're supposed to do. We went to some play action. They had some sprint outs and bootlegs. That's the damn thing they should have been doing from the first game this year. If anybody in the Bear organization keep Nagy away from play calling the bill azor let him
1: handle it let him handle it with fields all
0: right big thanks to ernie scatton and brian alzheimer for their help producing the podcast thank you to mark carmen for joining me as well bears win 24 14 over the lions at soldier field i'm kevin powell this is episode nine of the wgn radio football podcast